We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome back in on Hit and Run on the Score. Barry Rosner, Joe Ostrowski with you until noon. Right now it's time to go national, so let's go out to the Score hotline where we're joined by Ben Nicholson-Smith, baseball editor of Sportsnet.ca, Sportsnet Canada, you can follow him on Twitter at B Nicholson Smith, and you can hear him right now on Hit and Run. Hey Ben, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Uh, as you look at the sort of wacky playoff races that have suddenly developed, specifically as you look at the American League West, uh, how surprised are you that we're seeing what we're seeing from the Oakland Athletics? I'm I'm very surprised. I definitely did not see this coming, even. A few months ago, but you look at what they've done in the course of the summer, and it's it's incredible. I think a lot of that credit has to go to the bullpen. Um, a lot of it has to go to Matt Chapman and, and the season that he's having over there at third base. But when you look at that starting rotation, and, and Trevor Cahill was at it again yesterday, allowing just one hit in his start. I mean, it's it's pretty crazy because this starting rotation is not, you know, you compare it to the Houston Astros, of course, because that's the team they're going up against. And on paper, the Astros are just so much deeper with their starting pitching, and yet Oakland is right there with them. Ben, earlier we were talking about just the landscape of the American League and, of course, the athletics, which is the biggest story right now. And we were going over the reasons not to like certain teams, the Red Sox and Chris Sale, how the Yankees are playing right now, the Cleveland Indians and their outfield and the Astros issues. Which team do you like the most today in the AL? Wow, that's a that's a great question. I, I think that Cleveland has the potential to sneak up on some people, but really it's hard to deny what Boston's doing. And as much as I, I agree that the, the questions around Chris Sale are legitimate, they have the luxury of time on their side. And so if he needs to spend another 10 days, even another three weeks on the DL with that shoulder issue, then maybe that allows him to rest up and enter October stronger than he has in years past. And I think that when you combine Chris Sale with Kimbrell and that Red Sox offense, that still to me looks like the team to beat. Just because when you have Betts and Benintendi, Bogarts and J.D. Martinez, you have the potential to just destroy opposing pitching. And that's, I mean, you could say that about a lot of these offenses, but I think the Red Sox are number one in that department. Ben, we were playing this game earlier, and it I guess it's conceivable at this moment that you could have the Astros and the Yankees in a one-game playoff. Severino against Verlander, not sure where they at the, As of this moment, that game would be played at Yankee Stadium, which makes a big difference. You'd then have Boston facing the winner of that uh, one-game playoff. If that's the case, and Chris Sale is not available, how does that change in your mind, that playoff picture? Well, yeah, at that point, if if Chris Sale's not available, then everything changes for the Red Sox. I, I really I think he's that important to their their chances in a in a short playoff series. But it, it is pretty crazy when you look at how many good teams in the American League are going to be left on the sidelines because whether it's Oakland or Houston or the Yankees, one of those teams won't even make it to the division series. I mean, they're they're going to be bounced um before 
uh, before that even happens. So it's it's pretty crazy to say nothing of the Mariners, who had a pretty good run too. But that's what you have when you have a really top-heavy league that has a lot of teams that are really struggling and then a handful of teams that are elite and are going to beat up on each other in the course of October. Is that where you see the open door for Cleveland? Yeah, I, I think so, because you know that they're at least going to make it through and they're not going to have to play in any sort of wild card game. They're not going to have to play in any meaningful games down the last couple of weeks of September. They can rest guys up, whether it's Alani Chisholm, whether it's Trevor Bauer, um, and try to get them healthy. If they are healthy, then they enter October with the chance to do some real damage. What will the AL wildcard game be? I think Houston's <laughs> going to find a way to win the West. So I think we're looking at Oakland visiting the Yankees. And that would be, I think <laughs> Oakland would essentially do a bullpen game because whoever it is, whoever their starting pitcher is in that game, is probably not going to be on the level of a Luis Severino. So you're probably looking to get, let's say, five innings from Sean Manaya, and then you just turn it over, maybe even four innings from Manaya, and you turn it over to that athletics bullpen. What's your confidence level in Severino right now? Well, I think that you look at yesterday, and to be fair, facing a pretty questionable Blue Jays offense, but um, a little bit of a bounce back. I, I think they need to see a lot more in the last five, six weeks of the season from Severino than they have in the last month or so, that's for sure, because he's he's the race. He's the guy that they need to have out there in big spots because after Severino, I think there's a pretty big drop-off, you know, whether it's Tanaka that you go to next or Jay Happ or Lance Land. I mean, there, there are a few different avenues that you could go down, but I don't think any of them compare to Luis Severino at his best. And so they need to see some improvement in the last five weeks of the season. Yeah, so it's pretty clear-cut. You have that divide in the American League, and you, you could have the debate whether or not you want to include Seattle in that. But but on the National League side, I mean, how, how deep are we? Uh, the first big question, let, let's start with how many teams are really in this, and are, are the Nationals over? Yeah, I think it's definitely much more wide open in the NL, and you can even look to teams like, the Rockies and the Brewers and the Cardinals, obviously, in that mix. Braves and, and Phillies are holding up. So you've got a really wide playoff picture. Even, I mean, the Nationals and Pirates are hovering around 500. But to answer the question about Washington, I just, I look at the talent on that team and I think, yeah, they should be able to. And I think if we were to replay the season, I still would pick Washington to, to win the National League East in the course of a full 162. But at this point in the year, They've fallen behind, and I'm having a harder and harder time seeing a path to the Nationals making it in because the Phillies and Braves are, are hanging in there, and it's it's tough. If you're a 500 team at this point in the season to make up enough ground in the standings to the point that you're actually able to make it in. If they were to move on from Harper, where's the best place for him to go? I mean, I look at Cleveland. I think Cleveland would be really interesting for Bryce Harper. Um, but I just don't see it happening. I, as much as it would be so much fun, I don't know that in a in a waiver deal they're going to get enough to justify giving up on a guy who's been their franchise player for the last, I mean, six, seven, eight years, really. Ever since he was drafted, he was basically their franchise player. Yeah. So I, I think that they are going to hold on to him, and even though it would be a ton of fun to see him play for, say, Cleveland in or, or Oakland. I mean, that would be great, too, to see him see him play in the Oakland Coliseum and, and see them make a run with Bryce Harper. But I just don't know that it's going to happen. 
Yeah, with so many teams involved, you can make all sorts of arguments how it's going to play out. But the division that that honestly confuses me the most is is the West. Arizona has a lead now, and Colorado a half game back, and the Dodgers two games back. And we've been talking about it this morning. You're waiting, waiting, and waiting. They're probably the biggest threat to the Cubs. Uh, but how does it end up playing out? Yeah, and it's kind of similar to the National League East in the sense that we have this really established team in Los Angeles, and you kind of expected that at some point they were going to go on a run, maybe similar to the one that they went on last year, and just separate themselves from the pack. And we really haven't seen that. Uh, you know, Clayton Kershaw, Justin Turner, obviously Corey Seager, these guys have not had the seasons that we expected them to have as individuals, and that's translated into some below-average performance as a whole for the Dodgers, but they're still in there. And as much as the Diamondbacks are a pretty good team, I like the Escobar pickup, I really like their starting rotation, um, I think at the same time, the Dodgers are, are right in that mix. So I don't see Colorado coming in and, and winning that division as close as they are. I see this as a two-team race between the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks. But you're right, the Dodgers are one of those teams that if they do make it in, they would be a legitimate threat to teams like the Cubs who are trying to make it through the National League to the World Series. Visiting on Hit and Run with Ben Nicholson-Smith of Sportsnet.ca. Ben, uh, I'm, I'm with you on the Rockies. Uh, I can't really pinpoint it, though, as for why I really don't believe in them. Why do you not believe in them? Well, you know, we, we look at, at starting pitching so much, right? And mm-hmm. I, I think that if you're trying to make it through that wild card game, if you're trying to make it through a division series, I think you need to have some really quality starting pitching um, to go along with the bullpens that, you know, the Rockies obviously have spent a ton on their bullpen in the last couple of years and, and they have, uh, you know, some, some talented arms in there, but I don't see the starting pitching. Um, and I just, I think that if you don't have one guy that you're going to go to in a wild card game or a couple of guys that you can really lean on in a division series, it's hard for me to see that path where the Rockies are, are, a real threat in a playoff context. As much as, hey, they're a good team, no question about that. You've got to give them credit. I don't, I don't see them as being on the level of some of these other clubs. I'm laughing looking at the, the end of the season schedule. The Rockies have the Dodgers, Diamondbacks, Phillies, and Nationals. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, if you had to vote today, who are your MVPs? Man, I would be tempted by Matt Carpenter in the National League. I, I think that He's done so many impressive things um, from especially the last little while. But you look at offensively what he's been able to do, and and that would be my lean in the National League. And then in the American League, you've got a lot of good contenders. I mean, Mookie Betts, Mike Trout, J.D. Martinez, Jose Ramirez, all those guys have to be in the discussion. But I I think that I'm leaning Mookie Betts at this point, um, and I think Mike Trout is the best player, but... He's missed some time of late, and Mookie Betts has been there from start to finish. That would be my lean at this point, but uh, still, of course, a lot of time to go. It's interesting because a lot of people that cover the Red Sox, they, they make the argument for J.D. Martinez, even though a lot of the metrics point to Mookie Betts and because of the defense, but you look at the big change uh, in just what's happened from last year to this year, and you add J.D. Martinez, and it's a completely different look. No question about it, and I mean – he is a tremendous hitter. It, what he's doing is incredible. Uh, I just think when you throw in the defensive contributions from Mookie Betts, and we're talking about a really good defensive right fielder 
as you guys know. We're talking about someone who's even stepped up and played a little second base when they needed it. I think that that defensive contribution gives him the edge over over his teammate and over some of the other guys in the league. But, I mean, you look at Jose Ramirez, and he's he's at a tough defensive position. You look at Mike Trev, and he's playing a good center field. So there are a lot of great contenders in the American League. And I actually think the American League race is a little more interesting for the MVP. And I think the NL Cy Young is a little more interesting because you have DeGrom, you have Scherzer. You know, you even look at Aaron Nolan, what he's been able to do. So I think that race is, is really interesting in the National League. Yeah, it's funny that you bring that up because I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who's a scout out east a couple days ago, and I said, it's got to be DeGrom, right? And he said, I have him third. He said he had wow. him third behind Scherzer and Aaron Nola. Yeah, and I think that it's incredible what Jacob DeGrom has been able to do. And, you know, you look at last night, I think his last three pitches were 98, 99, 99. It's incredible. And he's in a position now where he should earn a ton of consideration. To me, it's neck and neck Scherzer and DeGrom. But, I mean, you can't deny that Nola's in that mix, too. And that's why the next few weeks are going to be really fun to watch. Ben, we appreciate your time, as always, here on Hit and Run. We always enjoy it. You are always available, and uh, we thank you for that. Uh, We may get a hold of you as we get closer to the playoffs. Looking forward to it, guys. Sounds good. Thank you, Ben. Thanks, Ben. Ben Nicholson-Smith from Sportsnet.ca. Yeah, I was surprised by that. Like I look, I I get the case for Scherzer and and Nola has been spectacular. Um, but third behind both of those guys, I mean, I think there's much to be determined there. I I also would have said Degrom, but maybe I'm thinking too much about uh, maybe a month ago when he was just going on that crazy run. But well, what <sighs> yesterday he was Jacob yeah. Degrom again. Yeah, I know. I I would still go Degrom. I'd still go Degrom number one. Um, but and it I, is and really I, close. Yeah. It is. And I pick Scherzer to win it, and I love Max Scherzer. It's funny. We had a conversation off the air not long ago that I think we should have on the air, and it has to do with Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom, and people like him. We'll do that next. There's also some White Sox items I want to get to. Jim Tomey said something fascinating on the MLB Network this week that I want to get to as well. Um, there's an interesting Baseball America piece on Ian Hamilton uh, of the White Sox. And uh, so we will do all of that next here on Hit and Run on the Score. Welcome back in on Hit and Run on the Score. Joe Ostrowski, Mary Rosner with you until noon. Coming up at 11, Bruce Levine, live from South Bend, I believe. Eli, live from, yes, he's live from Seattle. Yep, he's there. Getting the thumbs up from Eli. You Darvish. To pitch in a minor league game today, see how that goes. I don't know what to think. I just, I just don't know what to think about that, Joe. No, we you... started the clock on Friday, the thirteenth of July, and normally you're pitching in the big leagues a month after you start playing catch. That's the that's about the normal process. And now we're looking best case scenario another two weeks. Double that another two weeks. So well, at least Joe said it could be up to three rehabs. Which well, I, they they want to be sure. Yeah, uh, understood. Makes sense. I mean, is there really any point to him coming back before September 1, before rosters expand? Nope. Okay. So I imagine that's what they're thinking about. Being very careful with everything. Because I mean, why, one setback, it's over. So now, then the argument is, is your fourth starter in the playoffs 
Quintana or Montgomery. That's what we're talking about then. Wow. That's unbelievable that we're having that conversation. Darvish, is not, he's not going to pitch. <laughs> we'll see. I, we'll see about yeah, that. Yeah, you might be wrong, dog. We'll see about that. Do we expect to see Darvish this year, or do you think Darvish might be gone? What's your take on him? <laughs> Just. Okay, so last week on the show, we had Cubs Brewers uh, going on during the week, so we had Bart Winkler on. He's not Bark. The, Bar- yeah, Bart. not what you said. Bart Winkler, he's the morning host on 105.7 The Fan in Milwaukee. Now, we ha- our signal does reach the Wisconsin area. It actually you can hear the score in Milwaukee area. So he was getting brushed back all day. He was tweeting it out, showing us emails that he was receiving on Twitter, people mad about what he said. He was just being honest, giving his opinion that the Cubs are going to win the division, which the people I've talked up there, the Cubs, the Brewers, they all agree with the same thing. Brewers fans do not like that at all. So, this is... And are they the flagship? No, no they're not. They're, they're not. not. Okay. They're not. WTMJ. Thanks, Eli. <laughs> this is what Bart said on Hit and Run last Sunday, followed by a caller to the 105.7 FM Brewers postgame show. I would not be worried if I was a Cubs fan about the Brewers. I just, I wouldn't be. The thing I got to tell you is one of your uh, guys, Bart Winkler in the morning, was on the Hit and Run show this morning and basically told the Cubs guys that the uh, Brewers don't have a chance to win the division or the wild card. Threw Council under the bus, he threw Stearns under the bus, and telling the Brewers fans all year they're not going to do this, and, and they're not. They don't have enough. It was the most disgusting interview I've ever heard from a Milwaukee sports Radio guy. To be truthful, I, I uh, he should be fired. <laughs> so that was, see what we do on here. Wow. Run. So they're not the flagship, but they do a they, they pr- do a non flagship post game. Okay, like, like a lot of sure. stations do. I get it. So that caller to the post game show that was calling for Bart's job then called the the show in the mo- Monday morning, right after the day after he was on hit and run to. Share his thoughts. Like, hey, you got something to say? Why don't you call my show? And he did. And this is what happened. Let me apologize for calling for your head and to be fired. That's uh, not up to me. That's up to your your station. Uh, it's a free world. You can say whatever you want. I don't have a problem with that. That's what talk radio is all about. We all get to say what we want. Oh. However, when a media from Milwaukee goes on a Chicago sports station, and if you ever guys ever listen to Hit and Run, this Rosner guy never, ever says a good thing about the Brewers. <laughs> they disrespect Milwaukee. They think Milwaukee is no competition, and all they got to do is roll out of bed to win a division. Bart, you basically validated that. When... You never said one good thing about the Brewers, and I challenge you to tell me what on that interview you did say that was good. I agree with some of the things you said. However, you made it so bad that Rosner said, it sounds like a mess in Milwaukee. And you agreed. And uh, and then you said, should the Cubs, he said, should the Cubs worry about Milwaukee? He said, no, basically. And you played that part. I challenge you to play that whole interview for your fans on the fan, on, on your radio station, and see what they think. Well, because here, Frank. Right now, wait a minute. Tell me one thing you said <laughs> good about the Brewers in that interview. 
I, I, I said the, on the interview, I said the same things I've been saying about the Brewers all season. So there's so basically. So I, I okay, what you want ahead. me to do is if I go, and I think this is the point. I think when what you want me to do is because I represent Milwaukee. If I go on a Chicago station or another station, I should talk up the Brewers or be a cheerleader for the Brewers. No, no. Because what I did was to, I, I was asked to give my honest opinions team. about the Brewers, the same opinions that I give on this radio show, which is also on the air, and that's what I did on that station. So you think the Brewers organization is a mess? No, I don't think they're a mess. I. That's what you said. You agreed with him. Did you say the season's a mess or the the, the no, seasons the, the it, season? It, Rosner said, so it sounds like it's a big mess in Milwaukee. Play your whole interview, not just your little snippet. And you said, yeah, pretty much a mess, something like that. Okay, you agreed well, with him. fine. I said it's a mess. What is it <laughs> then why, if it's not? So, it's, so why didn't you, when they started talking about starting pitching and, and lack of, why didn't you bring it up that Stern's been acquired Darvish because maybe he was smarter than Theo? He didn't acquire Chatwood because maybe he was smarter than Theo. Thoughts on him for a sec. Go ahead. If <laughs> <laughs> you ever listen to Hit and Run, so this guy just stews up there and he listens to Hit and Run well, and, he's, and a- he's waiting for us to say something great about the Brewers and it never happens and it bothers him every week. I like the I like uh, Bernie Brewer. I like the whole the slide. I like the slide. Yeah, they've cheese curds up there. Great. One time, uh, one summer, when we had an off day from vending, when both teams had an off day, a bunch of vendors went up to County Stadium. Uh, we went up there for a game to watch a Brewers game and got really drunk. So that was good. One guy got arrested. Milwaukee. Yeah. When do we disrespect one, Milwaukee? One guy got arrested for peeing in the stands. Just peeing right there in the stands. He got arrested, so that was so that was good. Um, this Rosner guy. Rosner said <laughs> it sounds like a mess in Milwaukee, and you agreed. <laughs> How dare you? It, it is true um, that I have not treated the Brewers with a lot of respect. Well, and, but anytime not, I've brought them up, yeah. just talked about what they have, what they're great at. We know what they're missing. Like, eh. I've, I've <laughs> don't dis- waste my time, Joe. Well, I've dismissed them because of their starting pitching all year, and then they did nothing to address it. They, they didn't. They didn't address it in the off season. They didn't address it in spring training. I don't they understand. Didn't, what they didn't they address did. it at the trade deadline. I don't. I, they haven't addressed it. Don't make a move instead of just adding more infielders. They got. What are you doing? They got twelve infielders. And play to I mean, your you strength. You have many, a great defense. You have a phenomenal defense. One of the best in baseball. And now you're moving guys out of position just so you can play the guys that you brought in. What? Maybe he was smarter than Theo. I that, that, isn't an awful, that is not an awful point. No, it's not. At all. It's not. Although, Regarding they, Although I thought they were very serious about Darvish, unless that was just, that was just something being put out by an agent to try to drum up more interest from other teams, but they were supposedly very interested in Darvish, very interested in Arietta. They were like the at one time or in it. Now, I mean, listen, depends who you want to believe the, um, you know, the national guys, every national guy had Joe Girardi going to the Cardinals within minutes of Matheny being fired. Every single one of them, Nightingale did it first. And every one of them followed everyone, whether on Twitter 
or on the air, on radio or TV, everyone followed. Rosenthal was next. Then it was Joel Sherman. Then it was Heyman. They they can't wait to to get in the groupthink and and be included in it. Well, yeah, and they're going to get a bunch of retweets. So one after another, after another. So I don't know. Maybe it was those guys who were saying it, but I that's what I remember from the winter is that they were deep into the Darvish thing, deep into the Arietta thing. Right. And meanwhile, here we are. It's by my calculations, August nineteenth, and and this started last November. Their hunt for pitching started last November, and what did they do? And I don't, I don't truly don't mean to be disrespectful to the city or to the team, but I do dismiss them, and I have well, all year because you just can't survive without a rotation. And here we sit. The Cardinals are a bigger threat than the Brewers right now to the Cubs. It, I, I know probably neither are a threat, but the Cardinals are probably going to finish in second place. Not Milwaukee, the way things are going right now. Season ends, by the way, with the Cardinals at Wrigley for three. Think that series is going to matter? No, nope. I, re- I really nope. don't. No, I don't. Not for a second. But I, I have nothing against Wisconsin well, or, here's or, the thing, uh, or Milwaukee or the or the Brewers. I just, I'm, you know, we. I would hope that people who listen to the show and obviously, uh, who was is it? Frank? What's the guy's name? Frank, right? Frank. He's a baseball fan, so he's just listening for baseball content, which we appreciate, Frank. And I, I'm glad you I'm glad you listen to the show. But we just we say what we think. Unlike unlike most media today, we don't couch what we think. We just say what we think. In and, a free and it does, world, you can say whatever you want. Exa- exactly. Exactly. Appreciate it. Exactly where I was. We're not. Go che- next. I I don't want to speak for Joe, but I'm not a cheerleader for the Cubs when they do things well. I say so when they're bad at something. I say so. When Madden's terrible, I say so. When he's great, you can speak for I me. Am so. I cheerleader? We do the show no, every week. No, I don't sense that from you in any way. But I, by the way, Joe Madden having a a terrific year, terrific year. Thought it was interesting that he pulled Chatwood when he did last night. We'll get, we'll get into that in a moment. But we, but we talk but we, about this so much. We talk about it a little bit on the air and especially off the air. But how nowadays we live in you, a, yeah. people say they want truth. They say they want honesty out of the media. Give it to them. They don't want it. A lot of people don't no, want it. You give it to them, and then you Why get, are you negative? And then you get fired. Yeah. Or you give it to them, you and do. then and then Twitter blocks you because they don't approve of your of your opinions or your politics or the way you live your life or whatever it is. Uh, and and Twitter's a private company. Or now they can you, you know they can do what really they can do whatever they want. Now you've got to put out a fire. Now now you've got some, yeah. somebody from a front office calling your boss. It happens every day. Yeah. It's uh, it's an odd time that we live in, where there's a lot of talk about what freedom of speech really is, and and and, and freedom of the press and all that. I'm not sure that people really understand what that really means. But you are you are at a point in this business where there there is risk to telling the truth. And so a lot of people don't. It's just sports. We're just here talking about baseball. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I, I don't I don't think we're really offending anyone, but you know, if you're Jim in Evergreen Park or Frank in Milwaukee, you get easily offended by anything if you're not a cheerleader. If you don't say that the Cubs are the best team in baseball and have no flaws and should con- be and should be considered the front runners to win the World Series, 
you 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 deserve to be smacked around for it because while people you just said it while people ask for the truth it's not really what they want what people really want today in the world in which we live is to hear what they want to hear that's yes, what they their want belief. they want to be told which is why we don't have conversations in this country anymore we don't have conversations there's just yelling you, you I'm don't agree ye- with me you're an idiot right which is why people from both sides of the aisle don't speak to one another anymore. Which is why people of differing political beliefs don't speak to one another anymore. There is no conversation. There's no conversation about anything. For my money, you can have both parties, by the way. I am. <laughs> we know. We know. I, we know all about your. You do? Tornado. What was it? Sweet Meteor of Death? Yes, yes. Yeah. Very disappointed, by the way. The, uh, I had great hopes. I had zero. For the Sweet Meteor of Death. No, you didn't. Ending Mankind. Yeah, I didn't. Well, you had hopes, but yeah. you didn't believe, no. Well, you can talk yourself into anything, I guess. That's true. <laughs> although <laughs> although I no longer believe Tim Tebow will, will play in the big leagues this year. F- oh, this year. I'm glad you sure. added that. Because you can bet on it for 2019. It's out there. But the 2018 bet is off, right, because of his injury? Yeah, yeah, he's not It's playing. off the board. But I wish we had this. We need this. The athletics are not enough. <laughs> We need this. You wanted, you wanted Tim Tebow. I wanted to annoy you every week with. Oh uh, no, Tim Tebow's baseball season is likely over. The Mets minor leaguer breaking his hand, swinging his bat during a game on Friday. The 30-year-old former pro QB had just made the Double A All-Star team with the Binghamton Rumble Ponies, wanting a .273 batting average. There was talk he could have been called up to the big leagues later this year, but that doesn't look likely anymore. Listen to the breaking news music underneath. That's what, it would have been. That's what it would have been 24-7, 24-7 about Tebow. So I guess I'm glad it, because I'd be angry about it too. And you would just be incensed. But I told you it was going to happen. I, I, I believe you, you though. Happen. I believe you. And his 200 slugging. Yeah. It would have been great. I mean, this was. The corner outfield. I, I told you this in spring training, that, that a, a Mets person did you have I'm that not- clip? It's weird. I pulled that like a month ago, <laughs> and I had it ready. He's waiting for a us. A Mets person told me he's going to be here in September. I said, that is just the dumbest thing I've ever heard. He said, we're going to be bad, and he said, we're going to have to have this, and it's going to be huge. He said, it will, 15 be, games. He said he, it will be huge He's right in New York. Nationally would have been huge. Absolutely. I didn't even think of that. As you're, you're right. just waiting for oh, the ESP- playoffs to ESPN? Oh. Are you kidding me? Eli, what do we In owe New you? New York? What do we owe you? We owe you uh legal. We owe you bottom of the hour. We owe you Yeah, we can't we owe read you lips. A break. Talk to us. We Okay. What's he saying? You I'll I'll do I'll do this first. The bottom of the hour is brought to you by Lakeside Bank. For the second year in a row, the top rated bank in Chicago is Lakeside Bank. S and P Global Intel says Lakeside is number one again among all 2017 banks between $1 and $10 billion in assets. Join Lakeside Bank. It's about time. Making that weird face. I've read that, too. you, you got to pre-read that one. Was it supposed between to be? Between $1 and $10 billion, but they put the dollar sign. Yeah, I know. I know. It I reads know all $1. About it. So it's between it $1 billion it's one and, and $10, 10 billion. billion in yes, assets. correct. Okay. And by Northwestern Football. It says a dollar. I know. I know. I know. I've read it. Okay. Uh, the Wildcats have the best home schedule in the nation this fall, hosting Michigan, Notre Dame, and more at Ryan Field. Season and single game tickets are on sale now at anysports.com. 
All right, when we come back, we have White Sox stuff to get to, uh, a Jim Tomey item. Uh, I think there might be more Mad Dog from this week. Uh, George in Old Town and Stan in Bellwood will get to your calls as well. Top of the hour, Bruce Levine here on Hit and Run on the Score. If you ever guys ever listen to Hit and Run, this Rosner guy never, ever says a good thing about the Brewers. Welcome back in on Hit and Run on the Score. Joe Ostrowski, Barry Rosner with you until noon. It is a beautiful day for a ball game. It is right now. It's supposed to be. What's the uh, forecast for today, Eli, in Washington, D.C.? You have that? You don't have it on your screen? You know, these computers are a bit slow. So So you don't have it yet. I believe the forecast uh, for uh, Chicago is good today if you're going to the White Sox game. The, uh, the real feel in D.C., Eli, do you have that? Looks lovely in Chicago. Give me about an hour until uh, the show wraps the, up. Is that bad? Yeah. For the computer to load. Okay, thanks. As Eli. You ruined it. Uh, once again, ruins the... Uh, God, there's only five the, more shows after this. That's Joe Ostrowski. <laughs> I did the countdown for all of us. Eli Hershkovich uh, has yet thread. to give us the real feel in D.C. I'm Barry Rosner. This is Hit and Run. And uh, Jim told me the other night, Joe, on MLB Network was... Doing another terrific segment on hitting. I love when he talks about hitting. Not real good when he talks about the current state of baseball because he's not going to, well, he's not going to criticize anyone ever. Yeah, yeah, you're He's right. the nicest guy who ever lived, okay? So he's just not going to say anything bad. So uh, that, that sort of analysis kind of It's is, impossible to talk about baseball and not say anything bad. Well, I mean, not yeah. every team is great. Right. Not course. every player is great. Especially this year. I mean, come on. So, you know, you sometimes you have to be unkind. But when he talks about hitting, it's brilliant. And you know how I have talked in the past about Maddox and the way he would set up hitters? Saving a pitch maybe for later in the game or for the next time they face him or maybe for three months later or maybe the playoffs or maybe for next year in a situation that he needs it. Or maybe he would purposely hang a change up to get a guy – looking for the wrong thing or looking uh, at the wrong eye level, whatever it might be, thinking, uh, getting the hitter to think he's going to do something in a particular situation. Well, Jim Tomey said he did the same thing as a hitter, and I don't know that I've ever heard a hitter actually admit that. He said that he would take a pitch, which he really thought he could crush, to get a, to get a pitcher thinking, that he could get him out with that pitch later oh. when there were guys on base in a situation where he wanted to hit one wow. out. And he said many times he was successful in doing that. I don't think Jim Tomey would make that up. He's not the type. No. So, think of, so think about that. He would let a cookie go by where he knew exactly what was coming. He also talked about how he, could, he, he was really good at getting a pitcher's tell, at finding out how he would tip a pitch. And he said sometimes it was as simple as how high up the guy's glove was on his hand as he could tell what pitch was coming. And I, I, I just I never heard a hitter, though, say that he would purposely let a good pitch go by, even accept an out in that situation so that he could use it against the pitcher later. I thought that was amazing. But I'm a dork. I thought that was, I thought that was really amazing. It, you know, and it's not only within that a bat, too, but – I wonder if that approach would even work today because 
at most, you're going to face a pitcher twice. So if if part of that thinking is later in the game, in the sixth or seventh inning, coming up in a bigger spot than that, when you have men on base, um, just trying to win a ball game, doing what you have to do, and they're going to go back to that pitch, maybe you're just not talking about that at bat, that doesn't exist. Because now you're, in most cases, you're going to see a pitcher twice at most. Speaking of only seeing a pitcher twice at most, uh, in the next hour, I'm going to pose this question to you now, and you're welcome to join us at 312-644-6767. Speaking of only seeing a pitcher a couple of times, you and I were talking about this off the air one day. Who would you pay to watch? in Major League Baseball today? I mean, who would you pay to go see? When I was growing up watching the game, we always knew who the two starters were. And that might have been, that might have determined when you were going to see a game. Who is who when is this guy going to pitch? And that might have been the game that you picked that week to go see that particular starter pitch. And you look around the game today and there are some guys who I would pay to watch. Obviously, I don't have to pay to watch. But there are guys that if I were a paying customer, I would. there are guys who, when I know they're going to be on, I go, okay, I know when this guy's throwing, I'm going to make sure I'm watching that game tomorrow night because I know he's throwing. 312-644-6767. After Bruce Levine, I'd like to get your thoughts on that. And I will be more specific about what I'm talking about. Yeah, I have, I have some thoughts on and, the, the And I know thing. you have thoughts as well, Joe. Let's go to the phones right now, though, and continue with our conversation about the playoff races. And it's Stan in Bellwood. Good morning, Stan. I'm here. Good morning, Barry. Good morning, Joe. Hey. Great show as usual. Thank you. You guys are uh, in rare form. Barry, I see that uh, you've alienated the entire city of Milwaukee. You've added... Uh, them to your list along with Vancouver now, huh? I don't know. He's working on the Midwest now. Yes, I, I don't. Yeah, how about it? I don't know that it's really like a Vancouver type of situation. It might just be Frank, but um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know, Stan. You listen every week. I'm not. Uh, I'm not crushing the city. They're not the burning. No. They're not burning their city down after losing Game Seven of the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, but you completely dismiss the Brewers every time they're brought up in conversation. Well, I'm just telling you what I think. They don't have the starting rotation, and, and Jimmy don't. Nelson's not coming back. I don't know, Stan. Yeah, well, I agree with that. I mean, I, I picked uh, Milwaukee to uh, as uh, one of my wild cards, and I was just absolutely disgusted that they did not add to that rotation. They collected every infielder under the sun and did nothing to improve. I mean, at their starting rotation isn't horrible, but they've got a bunch of number threes. I mean, it would be very tough to pick them as a serious World Series contender because they don't have they don't have a top guy. They don't have an October type guy. And uh, you know, there there were some pretty good pitchers out there: Hap and um, uh, Archer, um, Hamill. Yeah, look what and, Hamill's you know, they, done they for the Cubs. Any of those guys. And the NL's completely wide open, so they could yeah. have made a big move and make a big difference. All right, that's one of the because I know you guys get other callers and uh, you, you want to talk about the Cubs and White Sox. But I just say one thing on the National League and one thing on the American League in this playoff deal. Uh, Barry, you know my my favorite uh, segment on your show, but, uh, the the length of hitting run is, is the national segment because I you know rather than just the Cubs and the White Sox, I follow everybody. And uh, 
you've had a lot of different uh, guys on this year opining, uh, you know, about the alleged super teams and, yeah. you know, how this is probably going to be a dull uh, season. But I will say this one guy that has stood out this year that said something memorable, and I fell off the couch at the time when he said it. But Tom Verducci, when you had him on a few weeks ago, actually might be the most prescient because one point he made before the end of that conversation was that when the smoke clears and we uh, start to enter the stretch run, the Cardinals were going to be in this thing. Mm. Uh, yeah, he felt that it, uh, you know, going into August and September, their young pitching was going to rise to the top, and that uh, you know they could they could make a difference before this thing is over. And he's absolutely right. I, mean, I don't think the Cardinals are going to win the division, but right now, you don't want to play them right now. I mean, they're they're going very good. Uh, Carpenter's making that uh, uh, MVP push. But he's the one guy of, of your national guys that I think has stood out more than any, uh, anybody else uh, in their opinions of what's happening in the National League. And I just want to give him a little love. Thank you, Stan. Appreciate the phone call. Uh, I didn't see that. I didn't see that coming. Never did. And I'm still skeptical. I'm still well, skeptical. It's been a great run, and Carpenter, to a large degree, has carried them. It's It's hard to continue a run like that. You know, it's like... Look at the Rockies this year. Great stretches, bad stretches, great stretch. You know, they get they have these great runs, and then they go back to being the Rockies again. Well, yeah, yeah. I, you know, it it that same thing could happen to Oakland. Same thing could happen to the Cardinals. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if it did. But I didn't. But to Verducci's credit, I didn't see the Cardinals thing coming. Did not. I was talking. Uh, Cody. Great point by Stan, by the way. Cody Westerland, our editor at 670thescore.com, he's a Cardinals fan. I was talking to him about it, and he's, he's very excited. He should be. I said, here's the thing. You need another one of those. So that doesn't usually happen, like you just mentioned, with the Rockies. Uh, managers don't matter crowd. Getting Matheny out of there. Mm-hmm. Look at what's happened since. Boy, did they hate him. And, oh, yes, they did. And did you notice that this has all happened after Dexter Fowler's injury? Also a good point. Getting him out of the, the, the that yeah. lineup. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. And one of the worst players in baseball. And I'm no Matheny fan, but whose idea was that? Who thought that was a good idea? The Cubs certainly did not. They st- I mean, stuck they, with it. You know, uh, bless his heart, he came back for a year and was a big part of a World Series team, and that was a surprise. But to give him that kind of money for that many years just didn't make a lot of sense. George in Old Town, you're on Hit and Run. Thanks for holding, George. Oh, you're a great show, guys. All the injuries and, and, the, and the grand scope that you put together about talking about it, it's anybody's ball game, but management becomes so important. And if you are, if you are Theo Epstein, Barry, when do you bring back Morrow? You know he's going to play with pain. Do you need him for this 18-game stretch against St. Louis, you think? Or do you think he can hold off? And, 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 and so on and so forth with, with, with Bryant and the other guys. What is your, as, as, as the guy that would make the choices, how would you play it out? Thanks for your call, George. I would wait as long as possible on all of them. I mean, there's no hurry. On Darvish, you'd like to see him get three or four big league starts before the post, maybe five in a perfect world, five. Stretch him back out. So you can start to stretch him out. Look. Yeah. We're living in a world where five innings is is all you're asking for, right? I mean, what? that's the game today. So that it won't take long to get to five innings, but you'd like to see him be effective five innings, and that may take some – you can't ask him, after not pitching for a whole season, to suddenly be effective. That's going to take a few starts. So I would say around September 1st would be great for, for Darvish. As for Morrow, 
man, I'd wait as long as you can. As long as he believes that he can find his location quickly, I'd wait as long as you possibly can on him. On Bryant, it's up to Bryant. Look, you're going to have to manage your pain. So how long do you how, – how much do you want to play in September so that you feel like when you get to October that you're dialed in? As dialed in as you're going to be, it's going to be hard to pull the ball, right, Joe? If you can't extend, it's going to be hard yep. to pull the ball. Doesn't mean he can't hit homers to center and right. Doesn't mean he can't drive the ball to center and right. But if he can't extend, it's going to be hard to pull the ball, right? So I, my feeling there is you ask him, what do you want? What do you need in order to feel like you're dialed in and ready for October? Because you said it before, they're going to need Chris Bryant. Well, and Joe, Joe has said he's not going to be 100% this year. He's been very upfront about well, that. That's pretty clear. Theo was not saying that, though. Um, mentioned five innings for starters, and not only the state of baseball, but this is how they've built the roster. I mean, right now, when once Montgomery goes back to the bullpen, assuming that Darvish is part of the rotation and Quintana uh, is not, probably, um, they're they're there are seven names you trust, you can trust. Now, it depends how they're pitching down the stretch. We've learned that with Joe. How are you going in the last couple weeks before the playoffs? Because he's going to have his his whittled-down list of guys that he's going to trust, and it's going to be three or four guys. I don't know who they're going to be. Doesn't it also matter what their first appearance is like in the postseason? Oh, absolutely. Because he, he can abandon a guy quickly. Yeah. He, he, he does has, it. He does he, it. Yeah, his leash is really, really short when it comes to those guys. So what you and may you shouldn't so, play around though. So I what agree. you agree? Well, but you, you just can't pitch Wade Davis for for sixty pitches every night. Well, they have right? more options now. Though. I, but my point is yeah. this: what you see as a long list can get pretty short pretty quickly. Yep. Yep. But that's good. That's why they know that though. That's why they created the long list. And don't kid yourself. I know we're living in a different world, but there's not a manager in baseball who doesn't wish that he had four or five starters who could go eight or nine innings. Don't, don't, don't pretend, yes. don't pretend otherwise. Every team wants it's Verlander a, Scherzer. Yes. Yeah. And if, and if you can get a, an effective John Lester or Cole Hamels or Kyle Hendricks going seven or eight or nine, that's much better than having to go to the bullpen at any point before that. That remains a, a, a fact just the question is, does anybody have those guys anymore? Because you're not training them to do that anymore. I'll take six. You take six, the way this roster is set up, you'd be very pleased. You throw a parade. Somebody goes six, you, you get them a you get Quality them a, start. You get them a double what? you get them a double decker bus. Yes. Uh that's Joe Ostrowski. I'm Barry Roger. When we come back, we'll talk to Bruce Levine here on Hit and Run on the Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 